everyone wants to stay on trend, right? Tailwind's 2022 design trends for social media include font pairings, color palettes, and motifs, all available for use inside of Tailwind. Use the report that I'm linking inside of the show notes to help you navigate your social media and keep your social posts looking so fresh. I use Tailwind to keep my Pinterest on point, and so can you. You can also use it to design inside of Tailwind and schedule social media for your social media platforms. Head on over to the show notes to check out Tailwind's 2022 design trends for social media. This is the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. Do you know what your brand's signature style is? Well, I got you covered. Take the 60 second style quiz on our website at collegeofstyle.com forward slash style dash quiz. Once you're done, you'll get a breakdown of who your style icon is, a very cool discount code on working with me and College of Style to help bring out what your signature style is and make it work for you. So visit our website today at collegeofstyle.com forward slash style dash quiz to take the quiz now. You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra Colton-Medici. Follow on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Dr. Sandra Colton-Medici. You can listen to select episodes of the podcast live on Fireside and learn about upcoming course announcements, coaching programs, working one-on-one with Sandra, and new template releases by visiting collegeofstyle.com. Find digital marketing strategies and social media updates on Sandra's Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash college of style. Join Sandra on TikTok, Pinterest, and Twitter at College of Style and subscribe today to Sandra's newsletter. It's called Link in Bio and you can find it on LinkedIn to learn more about links that make you click. This is your personal invitation to join Sandra's community at collegeofstylecommunity.com today. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Pipes with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 81 of the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Coltman-DC, and today I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Christine Gritman, and she is a personal branding coach and social media strategist. So stay tuned for the interview. If you are watching social media, you have noticed that there is a lot of different changes happening out there in the world. And some of them I'm featuring inside of our College of Style Facebook group. So if you haven't joined yet, make sure to join at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash College of Style. One of the other things that we have coming up is the holiday promo challenge, where we are going to be doing July 11th through the 15th. And you are going to be able to plan and create and strategize all those holiday offers so that they can convert this holiday season. I definitely want to see you inside of the challenge. And if you cannot make it to the challenge, know that you will have 30 days of access to the challenge when you sign up so that if you can't make every single day, you'll have access to the replays. One of the best parts of this challenge is that I have a white 
label marketing planner just for you as one of our bonuses. So don't miss out and sign up today for only $27 at collegeofstyle.com forward slash HPC. And that stands for holiday promo challenge. Have you ever felt like you keep saying, um, I can't hear you or the voice quality is really bad during your online meeting? Well, Take a look at Iris Clarity by AppSumo. It's hard to stick to an agenda of your remote meetings when participants can barely hear each other, right? So let online conversations flow with AI-powered voice isolation with Iris Clarity by AppSumo. Check the show notes for a link on how you can get it today. Hey, Juju, what episode are we on? Uh, I don't know. It's 81. Can you believe that we've done 81 episodes? Oh, I didn't know. (laughs) Well, you know what? We have a very special guest with us today. Her name is Christine Gritman, and she is going to talk about power moves with emojis and GIFs. Do you know what a GIF is? No. Do you use GIFs and emojis? Maybe emojis. Maybe emojis? I think you do on all of our text messages. The Style to the Nines group coaching program has just opened enrollment for fall 2022. So if you missed your chance to join our spring cohort, this is it. This is your opportunity to join the fall cohort. The program begins on September 3rd. So join our six-week group coaching program for only $400. And if you do listen closely, you'll hear our promo code. You can get $100 off when you enroll. So it will only be $300. So use the promo code style 100 at checkout when you go to collegeofstyle.com forward slash nines today. Thank you so much for joining us here today on LinkedIn. Um, with, they're calling them LinkedIn audio events. And I have the pleasure of having a very special guest with me today. Christine Gritman is a very, very, very highly sought after social media expert, coach and strategist. She's been featured in Forbes, HubSpot Academy, Restream. She's doing a lot of good work with Agora Pulse. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, She's also the host of a Twitter chat that you probably have seen. It's called hashtag chat about brand. And that happens on Tuesdays at noon Eastern time. So definitely check her out there as well as her show, which is a live show um, called Let's Talk About Brand on Fridays at noon Eastern time. And it goes over across a lot of different live platforms. So thank you so much for joining me, Christine. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Happy well, to be here. This is my first, as I was telling you before, this is my first LinkedIn Live, so that, or LinkedIn um, audio. Yes. Well, so let's get into talking about GIFs. Is it GIFs or is it GIFs? Because that's kind of like, wow. it's like every year somebody <laughs> says, no, it's not that way. So I know. So here is the thing. Normally, I'm a stickler for the right way. However, the way that I... This, this is a situation where I just can't get my head around the right way. Um, so apparently the person who invented it, who invented the graphics interface format or whatever, um, said GIF. Yes. But I, I still think it's GIF. GIF is a peanut butter. I say, I say GIF. <laughs> but well, It may be interchangeable during our conversation, so it'll be what it'll be. Um, but let's talk about the power of visual branding and the fact that I have to say this. Number one, I love your personal branding with the really red red. And I wanted to talk about this um, because it stands out every single time I come across your content. I'm like, oh, that's that's Christine right there. And you also utilize um, GIFs or GIFs 
and the 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 messaging without kind of the over the topness of having to say too much, but with just the visualization of of what you do inside of your tweet chat and also just when you're corresponding, just in general, when you're, you know, when you're putting um, different tweets out there as well. So why do you use them and what kind of benefit do you see? Like what's the return on when you post content with a GIF versus without? Well, first and foremost, I really, really, really wish that I had had the foresight when I made them to put some sort of my branding on there, to put my logo, to put my name, to put my Twitter handle, something. Because now that my gifts are public, and I'll talk about how that happened, um, it means that there's millions of impressions out there, and they're not really leading back to me because <laughs> I'm not identified in my gifts. So I, I really, I do keep intending to go back and redo them with like my Twitter handle or something on there to identify me. But basically, I started doing them because I was using gifts. And a lot of people do, especially on Twitter. And the reason they're so appealing, first of all, there's the basic biological level of we respond to moving images. You know, it's part of why video is so popular. And especially on a, on a platform like Twitter, where it is mostly text, you know, it's, it's very eye-catching to see that. And they say a picture is worth a thousand words, so of course a moving picture is worth even more. Gifts really convey a lot in a short space, which again is very useful on a platform like Twitter, which has a character count. It has a limitation in how many words you can say. So if you can use a GIF to get across something and not have to waste your characters, then, you know, why not? And so creating my own, it was a journey. So first, um, I met a friend at a conference in 2018 and he immediately made gifts of us together and I was so impressed I'm like what sorcery is this I'm like you can make your own gifts that's so cool and and so that got me started and when I first went back home after that conference I made a few but I didn't use them a whole lot and it wasn't public yet and then a few years later um, a couple things happened first of all I got really into personal branding so that helped I also saw more people I knew, mostly in the digital marketing space, who had created their own gifts. And I was like, well, you know, why don't I do that? And another part of it was I saw a few articles, um, and people, people always get really worried when I bring this topic up. They're like, oh, she's getting controversial. But I saw a few articles about the concept of what the author called digital blackface, which was that, in particular, a lot of reaction gifts of um, people of color were being used um, by people who were not people of color and, you know, just sort of, I don't know, it, the authors kind of argued that it was it was somewhat offensive to, you know, use another ethnic group as sort of a shortcut for, for expressing certain things. I don't know. So I was just like, you know what, why don't I just use my own face? <laughs> why don't I use my own actual reactions? as my own reactions why don't I do that instead of having someone else speak for me instead of using someone else's image and so I shot a bunch of my own and it's highly addictive and I always have a list going of other ones I want to make and a lot of those are based on gifts that I use or gifts that I want to use of other people or they're based on reactions that I tend to have or they're just a fun idea and um, they're not that hard to make. They're pretty quick to make. In fact, now they're even easier. I have to update my videos that I have on YouTube about how to make gifts because it can be even easier and simpler now. And yeah, and I use my plain red background because people know that. Uh, people, as you mentioned at, at the beginning of the show, 
you know, people see, people notice my bright red. And I always tinker with the idea of having a more interesting backdrop for my live stream. And I always just stick with the plain red curtain because it's, it's effective. It works. People always wonder if it's real or if it's a green screen that I keyed into red. And now it's just a cheap Ikea curtain right behind me. And yeah, it, it works. People recognize it every single week. Someone from my life um, messages me saying, showing me some place they saw one of my gifts in the wild. Sometimes it's people from my personal life who aren't really that um, that aware of what I am doing professionally, and so they don't even know that I have gifts, and then I show up in their Slack channel at work, uh, <laughs> because I um, once I got into the gifts and people started really liking them and recognizing me for them, I applied to become a, I forget if I'm a brand channel or an artist channel on Giphy, but whatever it is. I had to apply, and that's why my gifts are publicly available via search. And I actually originally got rejected for that because they, they basically want to make sure that your digital presence is all clearly pointing to the same place to make sure you're legit. And mine had slight differences. I'm Christine Gritman, but I'm also Christine Gritman Inc., but I'm also C. Gritman on things, but I'm Gritman.com. And so a computer looking at it was like, oh, these things don't match. So I you know, contacted support, and I said, can a human look at this? Because if you look at my stuff, I'm very, very, very clearly the same person everywhere. And they said, oh, yeah, okay. Once a human looked at it, I got approved right away. So that's why my gifts are now available in search. Nice. And when you say in search, just in case people are yeah. trying to search for them in multiple places, you're talking about on, like, Facebook and TikTok and places like that? Yeah, well, I have no idea about TikTok, actually. That's a good question. But I know that when you are on Twitter, in the bottom of the uh, tweet composition window, there's things where you can, you know, upload a picture or whatever, and there's a button that says GIF, and that brings you into the Giphy search. So I usually use C. Gritman as mine, and the tagging isn't perfect. Uh, not only did I not tag everything perfectly, but also the search isn't perfect with the tags. But generally, I can find what I'm looking for. I can just call it up. Facebook's gift search is not as good. Facebook, I have a lot more trouble finding the gift that I want from their gift search. I'm not sure what the deal is with, with Facebook. Um, and one thing that I would like to do next that I've been intending to do for at least a year and haven't pulled together yet is that because I'm a public account on Giphy, I have the option of creating Instagram gift stickers. And I have not done one of those yet. So once I do that, I'll also be able to type in my little search term when I'm putting together Instagram stories and I can find stickers. Like I have, I have, I think most of us who do Instagram stories have certain little stickers and things that we use all the time. Like I know when I do posts promoting my weekly show, I have a certain gif I like using of the word tomorrow or a certain gif I like using of the word today or a certain gif I like using of the word click here and um and none of those are mine and it would be nice to just have my own stuff in my own fonts and all of that my own colors um all of that I do use my own gifts sometimes in Instagram stories but I, I can't do that through the gift search it doesn't show up um because gift stickers are formatted differently so what I do there is I literally have a folder on my phone in, in the photos area of some of my gifts, and I'll just copy them from there and paste them into my Instagram stories. Nice. Well, and I love that you are talking about why not just use your own face? 
you know, it yeah. just, it definitely solidifies your brand in a completely different way. How do you feel about, you know, there's there's a lot of different reactions, on, you know, that we can call up in the Giphy search or whatever, and um, a lot of them are really funny, right? And so how do you balance the, the I say, like the content you know, from being really like hilariously funny or being kind of serious. Like, how do you how do you decide what content you're going to create into the branded GIF versus, you know, all the other stuff? Because there's tons of memes out there and, you know, that are really funny. It's kind of like on TikTok. Like, I don't want to, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people want to say, I don't want to be on TikTok just dancing, right? And it's kind of like, I don't want to be a GIF where people just know me as, you know, the baby that cries or whatever. So... <laughs> You know, like there's, there's so many ones that are like iconic yeah. and viral, right? So how do you decide, you know, the balance between all of your GIF content? Well, I'd say first of all, um, don't take GIFs too seriously. I think that if you're trying to express something serious, the GIF is not necessarily the best way to do that. That being said, one of the GIFs I keep meaning to create is I do have a GIF of me kind of offering love and hugs, but it's like big and smiley and happy. And I... And I think I actually did record this and just haven't uploaded it yet. Um, a gif of me kind of looking like a sympathy hug, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you got to use that carefully, too. I mean, you got to know your audience because gifs are, by their nature, a little bit silly. Also, another thing about custom gifs, sometimes, I mean, I don't always use the custom gifs. I use them a lot because, for me, it's part of my branding. But one of the advantages of using gifs that aren't mine is that um, there's kind of a cultural shorthand involved in, in connecting to something. There are certain gifts where because they've been used, because they've become memes, because so many people have used them to convey the same thing, they sort of tap into the zeitgeist a little better. They convey a little bit more because people already have emotions invested behind those gifts. Um, and again, I try to be a little careful with that. Um, and even then, I try to keep it somewhat branded. You know, I try not to use ones that are completely random. And a lot of times, it'll still have, you know, something red in it. You know, if there's a sentiment I want to express, and I have the option of, you know, um, a man or a kid or something versus a woman with brown hair and red lipstick, I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> because I, I kind of like it still feeling at least a little bit like my brand it's kind of like if you're a brand that uses stock photography you still want a consistent coherent look and feel to the stock photography you're using but yeah but to get back to your actual question which was regarding kind of conveying that feeling and if you want to convey something a little less silly again I'm part of it is choose your medium Properly, I think that gifts are, by their very nature, a little bit lighthearted. But it also comes back to knowing your brand. I know some other people who have custom gifts out there, and their gifts are a little less, um, you know, bright and animated and, you know, like a Muppet flailing around like mine are. <laughs> I'm, a little car I'm a little cartoonish with my gifts, but that, that kind of goes with my whole vibe. You know, my whole brand is very kind of animated and upbeat. And... Some of these people are a little more chill, and it's them, and they're still looking happy. They're not sitting there looking miserable on their GIF, but it's a little more chill, and it's a little more consistent with the way that they tend to show up online, the type of language that they use, the type of emojis they use or don't use. Um, like, I always have my little red heart emoji going on. You know, not everyone's quite as big a cheese ball with that as I am. So, there, so 
it just has to match your vibe. If you have kind of a more serious vibe, it doesn't mean you can't use gifts. It just means don't try to be something you're not. Use it to kind of amplify that side of you, but it doesn't have to go beyond the parameters of you. You don't have to be Christine if you're making a gift. Make it of you. Maybe amp up the enthusiasm just a tiny notch simply because video tends to dampen enthusiasm a little bit. You need to be a little bit more enthusiastic than feels normal for real life in order for it to come across as not a boring video or not a boring gif. But I'd, I'd say, you know, just make sure to have your brand in mind when you're making the gif. If there's a color you use, have it in there. Your face is your best branding, of course. If there's a certain setup where people are used to seeing you show up on video, you know, maybe do the gif in that setup. Um, one good source of gifts, actually, I know several people who create gifts just as clips of actual videos that they've done, and that's a great way to go about it too. Um, my gifts tend to be shot specifically for gift purposes, but I have a couple that I actually did um, just clip from videos, and you can't even tell because yeah. it's just me doing my thing. I think I, I, I don't know if, if it was Vanessa Lau who was actually, she said that she does kind of like trailers for her YouTube videos, and I mm-hmm. think some of those happen to be GIFs as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. You actually just brought up emojis, which is another thing that I wanted to mm-hmm. talk about. So you were talking about using the red heart, which for me, I always use the pink heart <laughs> because mm-hmm. that goes with my branding. So um, when you think about the use of emojis inside of your communication as far as your personal branding, how much can you get away with? Meaning like when you are putting, and I've heard this gone a few different ways, how many should be in a subject line of an email? I'd say usually just one. Um, part of it is it comes, it, it butts into issues of digital accessibility. The wonderful Alexa Heinrich, who is in a lot of places as hashtag Hey Alexa, she is a great um, access, digital accessibility advocate, and she's a great person to follow in general. And she has really opened my eyes and got me thinking about things that I wouldn't have thought of before, because my, my branding is, of course, very visual. And the idea of, well, you have to make it accessible to some degree. At first, you know, I had some mental pushback to that. I'm like, no, not everything's for everybody. You know, my stuff is visual and it can be visual. But over the years of listening to Alexa, I realized, you know, if I can take an extra half a minute to write a little bit of alt text to the image I just posted explaining what it is, why the heck not? Because then that person knows instead of just seeing a random box, they know it's Christine on a red background pointing at this thing that says this. You know, that took two seconds for me to think up, but now that person is part of the conversation. Now that person is able to understand what the point is saying, what the post is saying. And so with emojis, um, she's taught me a few things. I'm not perfect with it, but a few really key things she's taught me. First of all, If you're going to use emojis, it's best to put them at the end of a post because if someone is using a screen reader, you know, you don't want them to have to sit through a bunch of nonsense where the thing is describing characters and stuff before it gets to your actual text. So it is best to use it at the end or towards the end whenever possible. It's also good not to use a ton, but another thing is you can go to websites. There are websites that will give you what the description is of various emoji, and some of them are simpler than others. So the red heart is just red heart. 
and I like that. I like the fact that it is simple, and if someone hears that from an audio description, it's not going to take up a ton of extra time. It's not going to be confusing. It's not going to come across as gibberish. It just says red heart. That's fine. Um, And for this reason, she recommends also not using emoji as bullet points. I have certainly been guilty of doing that, mostly in the past. I don't really do it anymore. Um, But I have have admittedly done it a few times since learning not to. Um, But again, I try to stick to the ones that are that I know have clear descriptions, that won't be nonsense. Um, I'm part of a new uh, team. I obviously am still Christine Gritman Inc., but I'm also the editor for a new um, community, an online community for social media professionals called Social Media Pulse. And one of the things that we've definitely talked about is our emoji use. We have our handful of emoji that we feel are on brand. We mostly use the rocket ship um, because we have kind of a space-themed branding. But there's also a star that we use sometimes, and there's a star with a circle around it. And we just try to use that in ways that are minimally disruptive. We don't replace words with emoji, um, because that can be confusing. But um, we use them sometimes as spacers on Instagram. Not a lot, but, you know, a little bit, especially if it's something like Sparkle. Sparkle is a nice short description, too. And I like Sparkle both as Christine Gribben Inc. and as Social Media Pulse. Um, it's a nice short descriptor, it's cute, it fits with both brands, um, but I would say if you're going to use emoji, try to get consistent with, you know, your handful of emojis that feel on brand for you and kind of stick with them, and look up what they're called, um, how a screen reader would read them, and so when you're putting them in a post, keep in mind that someone who is using a screen reader, it's just going to read that description out, so it doesn't mean don't ever use them, it just means try to use them in a way that is minimally disruptive in that regard. Um, And that's part of why I love the red heart. It's very (laughs) simple. And I love the sparkles too. I considered using cherries because I do put cherries on some things and it fits that kind of retro thing and it's red. But another thing to be aware of with emoji is sometimes things mean other things. Um, (laughs) Like like if you use a peach, everyone knows that's a butt at this point. Um, You know, let's not even get into the eggplant. So just be really aware of the context for the emojis that you are using. (laughs) I feel like a red heart is pretty safe. Yeah. Well, I'm over here face planting. I feel like that's my emoji right now. I'm like, don't even get into it. Yeah, probably not. But it makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of people don't um, don't think about those kinds of things all the time because yeah. it's not something that they are needing to have a screen reader if, you know, not everybody does. And I certainly didn't think about it until until Alexa. And my biggest objection was I was like, well, someone who can't, who's visually impaired isn't going to be on Instagram. It's a visual medium. But that's not true. Um, also, not all disabilities are permanent. And it also means that those people can't be a part of the conversation. I have been in Twitter spaces, which is an audio, which is an audio only medium with someone who was hearing impaired. And she commented on, you know, the quality of the captioning. And it was interesting. I'm like, why would someone who can't hear join a Twitter space? Well, she was interested in the conversation. That's why. And so, so thanks to, um, thanks to Alexa and thanks to other people on the internet, I've been realizing more and more, you know what? We can't really assume that people aren't going to be 
consuming a given type of medium and we shouldn't necessarily be part of preventing them from consuming that and being part of that conversation if they wish so why not take two extra seconds to just make it a little bit easier and I'm not perfect with it I keep I don't put alt text on my Instagram feed posts and I really should um I do try to with Twitter though because Twitter makes perfect sense for someone um visually impaired to be on there with a screen reader so because it's not a primarily visual medium so I do try to be a little bit better with alt text for my Twitter images and GIFs. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And what's really interesting is I actually read today there's a um, a LinkedIn audio event that is going to happen today about captions happening for LinkedIn audio events. Yeah, I think <laughs> so, they have to at this point. I think yeah. if they want to get that level, more people are being are aware now of accessibility. And so I think that if they're going to introduce a tool a tool like that, they sort of have to. Yeah, um, definitely. Bring in those things. Yeah, well, and you, I mean, you bring up a lot of good points. When you think about the next of where we're going with social media and how, you know, the power of the visualization, um, whether it's short form video, you know, metaverse talk, web three, um, where is social media headed? That's a good question. I don't want to say web three because I'm one of those kind of, (laughs) it's one of those things that's making me feel like, why am I resisting this so hard? But I am. But I think the the best description I've heard about Web3 that makes it seem more appealing to me is some people have basically said that Web1 was about publishers and powers that be producing content for us to consume. It was kind of a consumption-only medium. You know, in the early days of the Web, you couldn't really put stuff up there and you couldn't really interact with stuff. It was just you'd go and consume it. And Web 2 is really the advent of social media. It's, you know, basically Web 1 was read. Web 2 was read and write. Web 2 was more about actually engaging with things. And social media, of course, came during this phase. And so it was more of a two-way medium. And I've heard Web 3 described as read, write, and own. And the gist being that instead of being at the mercy of the owner of a platform, like Facebook or Twitter or wherever, um... It would all be kind of mutually owned spaces and you can't get kicked off because you own it, but at the same time you have to somewhat behave yourself because you own it. Um, And just the idea of it being more of a communal thing in general, the the gatekeepers kind of being down. Um, Although skeptics like myself would say, "Uh, the gatekeepers aren't down, it's just changing whose hands the gatekeeping is in. So it's it's imperfect, and I admittedly don't understand a ton about it, but it is moving more towards communally owned spaces. We've already seen a lot of people leaving places like Facebook. We've already seen the rise of off-platform communities. And it's interesting because off-platform communities, before there was social media, you know, chat boards and things like that did exist. It was all kind of those different sorts of communities. It was on different platforms. It still was on platforms. But it's interesting that that's making a comeback. And the reason it's making a comeback is because people don't necessarily want to be on social media where everything is happening. They kind of want to just be part of specific conversations. And that's why a lot of people have um, found success with communities on Discord. And a lot of people are using things like Mighty Networks to build their own communities on their own websites. There's a lot of um, 
we've, we're kind of moving from wanting to see all the things in one place to wanting to sort of put blockers on and say, okay, I'm going to do this now. And similarly, uh, Social Media Pulse, as I mentioned <clears throat> before, the community that I'm the editor for, we decided to go with our own custom programmed solution. So we're at socialmediapulse.community. Um, and it did grow out of a Facebook group. We still have a Facebook group, but we really are trying to get people onto the freestanding community. Um, and I think in general, things are turning that way. Just the difference is a lot of the freestanding communities of the near future and several that exist in the present are built on the blockchain. There's kind of a mutual ownership, a mutual accountability. No one can just delete all your stuff or pull a fast one because there's there's just accountability there. Again, not something I'm an expert in, but it is where things are going. The, um, the metaverse stuff with sort of feeling like we're in an environment and sort of having that all be a little bit more... Um, all-consuming and a lot more flexible. One way that I've heard the metaverse described and um, how it connects with Web3 and all that um, is, and again, total non-expert here, but I heard someone pointing out that, you know, if you buy um, a skin in Fortnite, you can only use it in Fortnite, whereas the future of these things is if you buy something in one online um, environment, you can use it in others. It's sort of, again, a breaking down of walls and, and making that online environment be a little more, um, almost like, a, I mean, I know there's a platform called Second Life <laughs> that predated all of this, but really a lot more like a, a whole second space for us to be living in, in a way. And it's strange to me, um, and I have not embraced it yet, <laughs> but I, I do believe that's where things are going. Um, and a lot of naysayers are freaked out because they feel like it it takes us further away from real life and further away from humanity. But the interesting thing also about social trends is I don't think it is moving away from humanity. I think it's moving towards humanity because part of why audio social is so big is because people like hearing the human voice. Part of why even once we had video and, and live video and things like that, you know, you would think that um, audio only would, you know, disappear in favor of video. And instead, it has done the opposite. Audio only is really picking up. There's things like the LinkedIn event we're in right now. There's Twitter spaces. There's, yes, Clubhouse is kind of not doing super well right now. But when it hit, it hit hard. <laughs> and it's because of that intimacy of the human voice. We still need human voices. Video still does well, and all the platforms are moving to a lot of video because video, you know, has that immediacy of you're looking at a human in real time. And so I don't think that's going to go away. I think that people's consu media consumption trends and media creation trends are showing that rather than getting us farther away from the human experience, we just want to be able to have the human experience also online. <laughs> but th there is some connection there going on. And I don't think it means that no one's going to engage in real life anymore. I think that as humans, we'll continue to leverage these online communications to help facilitate better in real life interactions. In a world where there's so much competing for our attention all the time, being able to focus through those dedicated online communities, 
being able to figure out who we want to develop that no like and trust factor with based on consuming their more personal intimate content that's audio or video I think that just gives us facilitation for who we want to spend our time on a little bit better I don't think it means that we won't be able to focus or spend our time on them or have real life interactions I think this online customization just helps us focus that a little bit better and figure out where we want to put our attention to and what we want to do with our real lives. Yes. And I think a lot of people decided they didn't want to do what they were doing anymore during the pandemic. <laughs> they decided... The pandemic changed. The pandemic hit at such a crazy time during this technological shift. It has, it has fast-tracked so many things that were already starting to happen. And now suddenly they shot ahead to where people thought they would be in like 10, 15 years. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that I'm, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you and to be hosting the first one that you've ever done. It's really cool for me. I just want to make sure that you know how to find Christine on Twitter. Like she said, if you're searching for her, um, her gifts, you can, Search C. Gritman, right? Mm-hmm. And then also she's on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. She does Amazon Live as well as Facebook. And she's got Tuesdays at noon Eastern on Twitter for her hashtag chat about brand, which is always insightful, as well as her let's talk about brand Fridays at noon Eastern live on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Amazon Live. So have a really good rest of your week, you guys. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And thanks to everyone who's listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. I'll see you on the next one. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at sandracoltamedici.com. Include in the subject line, be a sponsor.